Well, hallelujah. Get your Bibles out and go to the book of Daniel. Go to the book of Daniel. Actually, no. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians um, 4.18 first. You know, lately, there's been a lot of things happening in this church. Let me mark my place here because if not, it's going to take me a while to get back. Daniel's one of those books that's right near the New Testament. There's a reason why, too. I found that out this week. Found out that I learned so much more studying to give to you guys than I did when I just, you know, sat back and soaked it all in because I had to really, you know, dig in to figure out, make sure I was going to give you guys your money's worth (laughs) and your your time's worth. Um, Lately, my dad has been getting involved in the government and there's a lot happening in government right now. And um, it's interesting enough what just happened with this Iran deal. And um, I, I think I, I somewhat thought that was going to happen because of the prime minister of Israel. You know what was even funnier about that is today they published an article on Israel Times. Because this is funny. I'm actually going to talk about King Cyrus tonight a little bit. Um, the title of my sermon is One Man Praying. But my dad has been getting into government. And I'm like, you know, we've always, he's always kind of said, God, you know, we've always kind of, my dad's like, ah, stay out of government and just a bunch of, you know, corrupt people. And, you know, a lot of times you, you have a perception of it because the church doesn't want anything to do with it. But the more that I realized that the whole Bible was about governments. The church start, the Bible starts with a family. It starts with Abraham, um, God's family being birthed, then Abraham, then you have Moses, you have the 12 tribes of Israel, you got King Saul, you got King David, you got King Solomon, you got Hezekiah, you got a whole book called First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, which First and Second Chronicles is just a parallel of First and Second Kings. You got Queen Esther, Elijah, Elisha, Malachi, and then the last king is King Jesus in the church. And that's where the last king stops because the 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 rest, um, interesting statement uh, I heard. Um, let me get back to this. The Lord Jesus, the king, the head of his church, has there and appointed a government in his hand, church officer. So those are the ministry gifts come in. But King Jesus was the last king, but yet the whole Bible talks about this entity taking over that power, this city falling to that city, this being taken over, this person becoming king, this person ruling. And you know, the whole, you almost can, from a government standpoint, you can look at the whole Bible is about governments and about power and about taking over and, um, and acquiring uh, certain geographical pieces of land. And um, in the Old Testament, you have people like Elijah and Elisha who were prophets, but the king would always call upon them when he needed like a word. He needed, I'm going to go to battle. What should I do? Let's go find the man of God. So even to the in the Old Testament, the prophet was higher than the king because of, he was connected to God. And that's what we're going to see in Daniel's life. But it's interesting that um, uh, the prime minister of Israel called Trump uh, like King Cyrus. And it was funny because Lynn and, and March talked about Trump being King Cyrus. King Cyrus did three things. He released the Jews out of captivity. He sent them back to rebuild the temple. Um, and then... He, um, he rebuilt the economy and he neutralized all of the foreign um, threats. 
And so, you know, you see the care, what Trump's did. You have the North Korea and the South Korea. You have all these um, things. He's got a, you know, Iran and, and Saudi Arabia want to kill each other. And, you know, we get all of our oil from Saudi Arabia. Uh, Chevron, Texaco is all Saudi Arabia oil. It's just called Arabia American Oil Company. And, um, you know, which is funny because I wonder if in the book of Daniel, if those are going to be the two of the North and the South that are going to go fight each other because they already want to kill each other. Um, Edward was here and he was talking about, you know, you have the uh, Al-Qaeda, which is the South, and you have ISIS or Gaza, and they're all, they'll shoot at each other, and then they'll turn, and they'll shoot at Israel, and then they shoot back at each other. So all this war is going on in the Middle East. And I think that it's, it's so directly, um, it comes from, actually, those areas are very strategic. And the reason I started noticing this is when we started praying for government seats to be removed and new ones to be seated, it actually happened. I mean, there wasn't one person we didn't pray for that didn't get in. Alice Nolan didn't win. We're all like, oh man, you know, well, I guess, you know, most, uh, we got, what, five out of six or something like that. And then all of a sudden, what's her name? Um, she stepped down and Alice took her seat by default. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I did not expect that to happen. And so I started to realize that the church, and I said this on Facebook, is more than a country club because I'm starting to see more about governments. It says, um, I think I'm just going to go, um, 2 Corinthians 4.18, we'll, we'll start here because I'm going to start jumping ahead of myself because, you know, like my dad says, you, you study all week and then you feel like you're going to birth something. You know, you got all the stuff inside of you and you want to get it out because for whatever reason, it's all piled up in there and it hurts. <laughs> um, uh, we'll start with verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though the, our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is what but for a moment is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Now, we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. There means that they can change. But the things which are not seen, they are eternal. I've always known that there was an unseen realm that was moving, but I didn't know how much the unseen realm controlled the seen realm. Obviously, it controls it, um, and we're going to get into that tonight. And I, I want to start off with that scripture to a very high extent. Um, there is uh, Luke 17, 21. Don't go there. Kingdom of God is already in our midst. The unseen kingdom of God is here and is in full operation right now. There's another um, scripture. I'm not going to go to it. It says, but um, I think it's a Christmas carol that goes along the lines of, um, uh, I can't even remember what it, but it's basically, it says that the, the government is going to rest on Jesus's shoulders. Um, I thought I, I thought it was, it may be Luke 17:21, but I don't want to stay there because I want to get into Daniel. Um, Daniel 2.44, in the time of those kings, God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all the other kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. Now, what's interesting about the book of Daniel is you have Daniel. Can you put up that first slide that I gave you? This, this actually area is very interesting. Actually, is JR here tonight? No, he's not. He, he would like this. First, first picture of, um, of Babylon and Judah. <clears throat> As you can see, Babylon is, is Assyria, which actually that 
is the Baghdad area, which we fought over, I think in 2005. Not actually very far. So they came to Jerusalem and, and um, Nebuchadnezzar sees Judea. Now, everyone was always fighting over them and they're still fighting over them. If you watch the movie, The, the Twelve, um, oh, what is that movie? There's a military movie that just came out called The Twelve Strong. Really good. Talks about how everyone's always fighting each other for, for this, these pieces of land right here. So I started to wonder, what is it about these pieces of land that's so, uh, so strategic? And um, in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar comes and captures Judah, takes him, and um, Daniel is at this point a, a servant to the king. Now, something about Daniel's character is, and why I think he has so much favor is you got to think, Daniel is going to serve a pagan king. And it says he was the most excellent in spirit. You know, some people can't serve in church without not even having excellent spirit. So imagine serving somebody who was a pagan king who you're like, you know, I don't know, ISIS comes and captures America and they take us. And then they grab you and say, you're going to serve the king of, of Al-Qaeda or whatever, or Osama bin Laden. And you're going to be, you know, his right-hand man or something like that. You're going to serve in the king's chambers. I mean, most people would be mad. They're like, man, I want to think of a way to assassinate him or kill him or cut his throat or something, you know. <laughs> but Daniel um, didn't do that. Um, Daniel was captive, but he remained with an excellent spirit and served with excellent. And um, even though he was forced, uh, uh, Daniel, one thing about Daniel's character is even though he was there, he remained free from idols, anything that displeased God. Um, Daniel was very devoted to prayer. It says three times a day. Daniel's heart was after the people of Judah, other people, especially his own. His vision was not about himself. He was a man of obedience. He gave glory to God and credit to God about the dreams, and he didn't put the other magicians and people down. Nebuchadnezzar was actually going to kill everybody. There was the, um, the astrologers, and David, Daniel said, wait, I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to give you what you look for. But he says, it's not because I'm a better man than them. He goes, the living God is what gives these to me. So he actually didn't even take credit for, and then Nebuchadnezzar was like, you know, was so thrilled. And then he still clothed them with all these fine things. And he put them at the, 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 the head of the seat. He was second in command. Um, um, so his spirit was excellent about him. He, even though the, um, he, the meat was offered to idols, um, so I kind of took the interpretation that there was a lot of idols possibly in our own lives, but Daniel and his friends stayed free from those idols. And so, you know, his, his attitude was good. He was, stayed free from um, whatever it was that the culture, or the pagan culture, and I think a lot of church people can't get out of the secular culture long enough to hear from God. And so that's when they wonder why God's not really talking to them. There's a scripture that says that if you cleanse yourself from the latter, God will use you as a vessel of honor, but then he's got other vessels that will be used as everyday common use. Daniel was obviously a vessel of honor. Daniel faced a lot of opposition, um, and, and his story is very powerful in the Bible. His friends were thrown into the fire. He was thrown into the lion's den. And um, I, I wrote this down, serious destiny will face serious opposition. Um, you know, I thought Daniel went into the, the, the fire, but... Um, he didn't, it was his, his three friends. But the one thing that was interesting, and another thing that's interesting, Daniel served four kings. 
that with a change of power, you can see in our, as sometimes certain people will stay, but a lot of times there's a change in, in all the staff. And even with uh, companies that when they get bought out, a lot of times they'll clean the whole staff out. But Daniel remained with all four kings, King Nebuchadnezzar, um, King uh, Belshazzar, which is Nebuchadnezzar's son, the King Darius, which was when um, the ch- that was the end of the Chaldeans, um, and that was the beginning of the Persian Empire, and then you had King Cyrus, king of the Persian Empire. But that's, I'm just blowing through that all to get up to this point. I want to talk about Daniel's, Daniel's prayer, because in Daniel chapter 9, if you want to go there, <clears throat> I gave you a little background on him. Um, I've been studying his life, and it's, I mean, every time I read through it, is there something new pops out at me? I got to remember Daniel is close to. Yep. When you get to chapter nine, all the kids are on their phone. All the adults are on their hard page Bibles. <clears throat> now this is um, this is after. King Nebuchadnezzar's son didn't last but a very short time. You know, it's funny. Um, his son brought in all the articles from Judah, which were the gold, everything David put in the temple, which I always thought, what is the big deal about stuff, like material possessions? But all the gold in the articles, which I was like, you know, God must think really highly of what people do with material things because they brought the materials in there and they poured wine and they drank with them and they partied and then God wrote on the wall and then that night um, he died. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of thought about that is that God really, there, you know, the gold and everything that was God's, I mean, if something's God's, don't touch it. But, and then, you know, if what, what's God's of, of ours that he gives us that he's requiring of us, kind of like the tithe, that's God's. 10% already is. Don't touch it. You know, that, but that's Old Testament. I don't think the, the punishment, but I just thought that was interesting how the gold, they touched it and brought it in and partied with it, and God killed him the first, what, couple, I don't know, day or a couple days he was king. So he didn't last very long, even though the, Daniel says he already knew what had happened to his father. Um, but I want to talk about prayer because one man praying and the change of a, of a region. Me and Mary Fran started talking about this. She gave me a book on angels, and there, I'm going to talk about some of that tonight. But I, I started realizing that prayer, because what happened after the elections, is so powerful in the region um, that you're in and how it can, sh- and if it changes in the spiritual first, then the natural takes place. Um, in the first year of King Darius, the son of somebody, the lineage of the Medes, which is the Persian Empire, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of this reign, Daniel, I understand the books, um, the books and the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. Now, um, one thing is Daniel knew the word of God. It says that he understood, that Jeremiah was a couple before that, he went through and he understood all the prophecies that were given through Jeremiah. He knew that there was going to be 70 years. Funny thing is, 2018, um, 70 years ago, Harry Truman announced Israel as their own state. 70 years later, Trump announced uh, their capital is Jerusalem. So it's funny how the 70 years in the Bible that the people of Judah, the Israels, were going to be captive until King Cyrus. I just, 
you know, so funny how the Bible and the timeline of, of things, um, it says that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face, my face toward the Lord God and make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and I made confession. One thing I, I, it was interesting is that's Old Testament, but he's talking about making confession. You know, how much more do we in the New Testament confess the word today? Now I'm going to skip um, down because he basically goes over all the sins of the people. And um, let's go to 20. Now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of the people of Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my, my God, the holy mountain of, of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision, at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I've now come forth and I'll give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out. So that basically, at the beginning of his prayer in heaven, the command went out. And I've come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. It says that as soon as he prayed, the command went out and Gabriel started to make way. And it says that Gabriel reached him about the time of the evening offering. We were watching that video of Paul Youngie Cho and he was talking about when he, his um, assistant died and it took, said it took about a day um, to get to heaven um, whenever he went and saw his wife. And I thought that was very interesting that about the time of the evening is when he said he knew the angel was coming, but that's the time that it got there. You know, sometimes I think when we pray, you know, sometimes prayers get answered quicker than others. And I think that I've started to realize is that there actually is a time distance in the spirit realm, you know, for, for things to move. I remember one time God told me to give something to somebody and I waited seven months before I did what he told me to do. Now imagine you have somebody, and I'm just talking about prayer. You're praying for stuff, right? God's dealing with somebody to do something about it and they go, oh God, I don't want to do that. Oh God, I don't want to give, that's going to make me look dumb. And you're over here going, Lord, I need an answer. And someone's going, Okay, God, I will, but, you know, give me some time. And God say, no, do it now. Finally, I, it ate me up so inside that I gave, there were, there were these books, and they were talking about certain subjects, um, praying in tongues and the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, this person's, like, completely consumed with, like, their, their Greek religion or whatever. That I don't think that they want to read this. But I gave it to them anyways. Well, finally, one of my friends was telling me a few months later that, that they absolutely despise or do not do not like anything with the Holy Ghost at all. And that was the book I gave her. And I didn't know anything about Greek Orthodox or something like that. And you know, and sometimes I'm thinking, we're praying and believing God for something, but God is working. And that's what, you're, the faith has to be that God is working. You're gonna see that um, with Daniel in chapter 10. Um, let's go over there. <clears throat> in the third year of King Cyrus, Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was Belteshazzar. The message was true, but appointed time. Now that'll mess you up because the king's other son was named Belteshazzar. You take that E out and he is Belteshazzar. That was confusing to me because I, I thought, I'm like, who is he talking about? But the king gave Jude, the Jude, Judah people, the Israelites, new names, King Nebuchadnezzar when they got captive. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, mourning three full weeks, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was by side of the great 
river, that is a Tigris, and I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Apuza. I don't know how to say that. His body was like a, a burl, his face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes were torches of fire, his arms and feet burning bronze in color. Um, and the sound of, the, of his word were like the voice of the multitude. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. These four men, with these four men with me, did not see the vision. Uh, great, um, it says there was actually a great terror that fell upon them. I'm going to skip down to... Um, 10, suddenly a hand touched me and he made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Stand up right for I have now been sent to you. While, while he was speaking the word to me, I stood trembling. And he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before your God, your words were heard. Now I have become because of your words. He said the first day that he humbled himself and prayed, God heard it. He didn't say that, you know, it took a week to get the, the message to get to heaven. It says from the second he humbled himself, from the first day he said it, he prayed. But he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, um, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone with the king of Persia. Now, that was an interesting thing that I read. He says, from the first second you prayed, we heard the prayer and I was sent out just like the first time. I think it was Gabriel who's the messenger. There's... But then he said the prince of Persia, which obviously he's not talking about our physical prince because the physical prince is not going to stop an angel, especially an angel of God. But the prince was the, was the principality that sat over Persia because King Darius was who? He was the king of Persia. Now, King Darius, um, you know, did... Things were favorable for Daniel, except for the lion's den because of the people that aspired to take him out of his throne, um, the men that were working for the king. But still, the Babylonian empire, the Persian empire, there's a spirit, the, the, the Bible will say, um, we'll get into this, the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to you in the latter days. Um, let me see, I don't know if I wanna, I wanna do this whole thing. Let's go down to verse 20. He says, then he said, do you know why I've come to you? Now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I'll tell you that it is noted in the scripture of truth, no one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Okay, so he's talking about, there's another slide in there I want you to go to. I don't even know where I'm in my notes. Good, I'm not using them. Last time I was glued to them. Ah, forget it. I don't need them. Go to the um, second picture. That's the Babylonian Empire. You got Israel and Jordan. You have Syria. The Babylonian Empire, real quick backtrack, was the most powerful empire, it says in the book of Daniel. Then he has a dream. In the dream, there was uh, a statue. He had four different metals. He had iron. He had steel. He had the head of gold. The four different metals were going to represent four different kingdoms. Then there was going to be a rock that was going to, and then you had the, the iron was going to mix with the clay. I've heard that the clay and the, the ten toes were, um, was Europe, breaking off and spreading after, after Rome. Then it says that in the, in the earlier in the Bible that the, there's going to, there was a rock in Nebuchadnezzar's dream and it hit the feet and it crushed it. 
and it broke the, the, imp- the man who was basically a soldier with all these medals, which represented all the empires of this area. Then it says that that rock grew into a mountain and consumed the whole earth. Now the rock, as you know, is Jesus. He's going to come and he's going to destroy all the earthly empires. But what's interesting about this area is that there's so much opposition there, and it still is, and that's why my dad always says, if you want to know what's going on, watch the Middle East. Now, Daniel's prophecy comes true. Go to the next slide. There's Babylon. Next. <clears throat> you see Babylon? Still there. Turns to the Persian Empire. So that spirit controlled all the way from into Israel, um, Babylon, and it didn't quite go um, left. Now go to the next slide. Then he says, I'm going back to fight who? The prince of Greece. That's another spiritual entity that's, that's seated up in that seat. And then after Greece, the next one is? And obviously Greece still controls what? Syria, Babylon, and And what does Rome control? The same thing. Now, what's interesting about Daniel, Daniel was a prayer, and prayer changes things. And um, one man prayed, and it caused the angels to come down and to begin to battle on behalf of Daniel and his prayers, which eventually changed the whole region. Now, if you go into... um, Daniel was um, 539 BC when Daniel saw the visions and prayed. The Jews were released in 535 back to go home um, BC. Then you have Esther. You got Nehemiah who rebuilds the wall. Then you have 400 BC. Then you got Rome. And then Christ is, is born on 5 BC. So there's only 400 years between Daniel and Jesus coming. Now, now G, there was, the, Rome was very strategic because what happens in Rome is that in 313 AD, Rome becomes dominantly Christian. You see that there's a battle in this area and there's still a battle today. You got, um, go to, is there another slide? Should be another one more. <clears throat> Babylon was right where Baghdad is, or Iraq. We just took that in 2005, and then we t- retook Mosul, which is the, cap- other, the second largest capital of Iraq, um, just last year. We had lost it. So it's like he who, that spirit of Persia is still there trying to take control. Now, these, this area is number one where the Garden of Eden that they believe um, Baghdad is where the garden, it was the four rivers connected where the Garden of Eden comes out of. Um, the, all the families were born. You, you had, this is where Daniel, this is where a lot, of the, a lot of the Old Testament happens in this area. But you still see there's still a fight today. The angel said, I'm going back to fight the Prince of Greece. But Daniel's prayers, go back to the thing of Rome. Daniel's prayers made it to where the Roman Empire would take it over. And then Rome, Paul's journey actually happened all through that area of Rome. And that was only 400 years later. 
And so I say that because <clears throat> I think that the church doesn't really realize um, what kind of power this, that the church has been given. The church is kind of going, hey, we're going to meet up here on Sunday. We're going to get a good word and we're going to go get some food. Peace out. When Jesus says the government rests on my shoulders, he says my kingdom is going to be everlasting and, and there will be no other kingdom that's going to, that's going to take it over. Um, Matthew six nineteen for whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Um, First Peter says, who's Jesus who's gone in the heaven at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, with powers. Everything has been subject to him, whether thrones or dominions. Um, so thrones, dominions are not just physical thrones. Um, there's, a, there's a story and, um, where Joshua, right before he goes to fight Jericho, and um, the angel shows up, because I read this yesterday, and he has a sword in his hand, and he's big. And Josh goes, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And he says, no, I serve the armies of the living God. And so what was interesting about that is God had sent that angel there right before they marched into Jericho that there was a, a spiritual backing before a physical happened. So while um, Joshua went into Jericho, the angels came down to assist him during the fight. So to me, it, it, it seems that the angels would always show up before the battle would happen. And so that the spiritual realm was so connected to the, to the physical that that angel and his army showed up and said, we fight for you. And that's what he told Joshua. Now you got an angel and then you have the angel with Daniel. I'm fine. We, uh, Michael, um, Michael assisted me. Now, um, there's a scripture in the Bible, Revelation 12. It says the dragon was forced out of heaven by Michael and his angels. The devil is on earth now. So obviously Satan was defeated in heaven. So he brought all of his forces here. Now the thing that Satan's defeat has already been initiated, but it's dependent upon the church and enforcing that defeat. See the angel army that's for the church is already strong enough to, to, to um, take over the demonic forces. I love something in this book he talks about where he says that, um, you know, people wake up every day and go, oh man, I'm just waiting for the demons to hit me on every side. The devil's after me today. He says, first of all, only one third of the, fall, of the um, angels fell that chose to follow Satan. He says, I think those were the dumb ones because they made a decision to follow Satan. So the ones that were smart stayed back and serve God because they knew. So angels are, you know, so we have two thirds of the angels and you know, God is the creator. So he probably made more and more. So there's um, Elijah looks at um, when uh, his servant wakes up and, and the armies come in, they wake up and walk outside and his servant goes, Elijah, the army's here. And Elisha goes, God causes his eyes to open because, and then he looked and he says, there are more with us than there are with them. So as believers, we have more on our side we have a more powerful force. Obviously, Michael and his angels whooped Satan, kicked him out of heaven. Now they're here with us. It says that angels are, are ministers to those who will inherit salvation. Now, if your angels are standing around, that's because you're not confessing the word. Dan Daniel confessed the word. So, you know, I kind of start waking up going, you know what? I do have more that are on my side than are with Satan. His angels were defeated. They were kicked out. They were whooped. Now they're here. 
And then the same angels that fought in that battle, they're here. And so they're ready to fight again. But until someone prays, those seats of authority aren't going to be taken. And we saw that with this last election. And I started realizing that the church is the governing power that changes that is a change agent into the earth. Oh, here's that scripture, Isaiah 9, 6, it says, um, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It's a good Christmas scripture. And the government shall be upon his, his shoulders. And um, uh, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and the peace shall be no end. That means his government is going to increase more and more and more. Now we're obviously... We die with Christ, we're recreated and born again new in Christ Jesus. And his, he's saying that his government is gonna rule on earth and it's gonna be without no end. So then what does it mean that we are to God? We, Jesus says all authority was given to him and he turned around in Mark 16 and says, now you go and you cast out devils. So all the authority that um, was given to him was given to the church. Um, there's, uh, there's one part, let's see right here. Let's, I will, uh, Matthew 16, 19, message. I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to the kingdom of God, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Yes on earth is a yes in heaven and no on earth is a no in heaven. Jesus says, I love this part in the book where it says, Jesus says, what is bound and loose is conditional upon the church's response. That means that the authority for these seats to change in our regions is upon, is upon the church. And I think that because people don't um, realize what the church is, that's the reason why the church has no power. Uh, Matthew 6, 9, 18. I'll say unto thee, you don't have to go there, I'm just quoting these. That thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Same rock that destroyed um, Nebuchadnezzar and the, the four empires at the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you'll bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and what you'll loose on earth will be loose in heaven. That's the regular version. Jesus sits on the throne and of his kingdom to, I don't think this is a scripture, but um, in order to establish judgment and justice, but he wants his church aligning with him to accomplish that rule. Isaiah 9, 7, the zeal of the Lord says, of the host says, I will perform this. Um, this is just reading from the book. The zeal of the Lord of angel armies, it says, will perform this. Angel armies is partnered with, assisted with the church, battling for the throne and establishing Christ's kingdom in their region. Jesus will release his armies to assist the church who obey his commandments and binding and loosing things on earth. It says this clearly is seen in Christ's name for the church, the Greek word ecclesia. It is used 113 times in the New Testament and it is a political word. It is not a religious word. You would think that Jesus would use a religious word such as I will build my temple or I will build my synagogue. He didn't say that. He says he called the church his ecclesia in the Greek. Um, the strong concordance and has the numbers. He used the word describing an act of government. Colin Brown, an international dictionary of the New Testament theology describes the definition of ecclesia is this. Ecclesia was an assembly of competent citizens of a region who met at irregular intervals to govern. This was done to a verbal yes or no to an upraised hand. Their sphere of influence included decisions on suggested laws, final decisions on any new laws, appointments or official positions, both internal and external policies 
in the region, including contracts, treaties, war, peace, and financial matters. D, Ecclesia would rule in the case of treason. It, would, it could summon for any army to assemble for war. The Ecclesia ruled on societal and cultural matters for its geographical locations or territories. The Ecclesia chose by an upraised hand who would sit at the um, our, our, our something, the high court of the Athens, similar to our Supreme Court. So Jesus is talking about not I'm going to build my church or my synagogue or my building. He's talking about I'm going to build my own, actually one translation says, I will build my own dynasty and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So when you start looking at the Christian's job is to partner with God, to pray, to bind and to loose things on earth. Um, and he's given all the keys. Jesus took the, the keys from Satan and now he's given them to the church. And you know, what was even interesting is Jesus hadn't even taken the keys in Daniel's day. And Daniel prayed. One man prayed. I mean, he got on his face before God. And you know, I mean, three times a, a day, and I'm assuming, you know, his political position of power, he probably did pray a lot. And I'm encouraged to even pray more after reading about him. But the angel said, it's, it's, it's this now, it's going to change to this, and then I'm going to go fight this person. So as we can see, that the um, spiritual realm has so much to do. Read your Bible with that in mind, the government in mind. Read your Bible with the angels every time they showed up. You know what's funny is after I read this book, I started seeing everywhere angels in the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's, it was very interesting that um, <clears throat> the angels, uh, there was another, there's another scripture talking about Jacob's ladder. Now, uh, which was when he laid his head on the rock he saw up into heaven, there was an open heaven, there was a portal where the angels were coming to and fro. So that's where another scripture says that the angels travel from heaven and earth. So I would encourage the body of Christ that when you pray, I like to think of this way. If the answer doesn't happen right away, it's because something's working and something's moving. You know, you may have resistance. I think a lot of times I get... The, the, you know, the people that of the world, they're not, this girl was telling me one time, she said, oh, I've tried to do everything in my power because she, her family was Wicca or something. She's like, I've tried to summon Satan, demons, and I've never seen nothing. I said, I'll tell you how to get him to show up. Become a born again Christian. Start, <laughs> start praying in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. Oh, you, you'll, you'll get his attention real quick. And you know, the thing is, is that <clears throat> is that, you know, obviously the world, they have no reason for Satan to oppose them. They're not doing anything to mess up his kingdom. Daniel, Satan knew that Jesus was coming 400 years later and that area needed to get set up for Jesus to come. You know, if that whole area was being captive and taken and, you know, like Moses and, and um, just, you know, babies being thrown in the river, like Moses and Joshua and hiding them because of, you know, dictator power ships, you know, that, I, I just think that there was a reason why God at that time set that up for the Roman Empire. Jesus came and then um, died 32 AD and then 313 AD. Uh, um, Christianity was the main religion of Rome after that. Now, Christianity was, was, religion was acceptable in Rome. It just wasn't, they had a lot of other pagan gods from the Chaldeans, from the Babylonians, from the Persians. They all kind of brought them in. Anytime 
someone took over an empire, they'd bring in all their other junk um, with it. So they would intermix everything. And so that time had to get set up for Jesus to come and one man praying, the angels went to war on his behalf. And I'm thinking now, man, you know, how much more? So I started to really change the way um, I perceived the church and what its job was. Jesus, I mean, you look at the government, this government, that, kings and rulers in the Bible, and, you know, church people get up and they're just like, oh, man, I'm going to church on Sunday, which that's not really what it was designed for. It was really a meeting place to get equipped, to, to learn, to get strategies, battle tactics, to pray things out, and things would move. Now, this church is, um, as you can tell, um, my dad is now um, going. He prayed at the, govern, um, the governor uh, debate the other night, which is between the governor of the state of Florida. And, um, you know, my dad recently became friends with Paula White. And they talk, and she's on Trump's spiritual advisory board, and they talk. And so I'm thinking, man, something is happening. And I know our church, the prayer group can attest that they've been praying and so some, so, but they went to prayer first and then the natural started taking occurrence, right? And so, I mean, our church, number one, you're the thing that's going to happen is that I love something Bob Harrison says, you're going to have to calculate the resistant forces because now 21 days, it took that prayer to get answered because all, I promise, I'm sure all of hell went after that one battle to get that one message from not coming to Daniel. And so, I mean, I know that there's more that are with us than are with them, so we don't need to be afraid. Um, But I will say that opposition is going to come, and there's things are going to happen in this church, and we just need to be awake and prepared because there's governmental positions that are moving because of this church. My dad is, like he said, he's on the phone with these guys. He's pastoring them. He's like Elisha and Elijah to these men. You know, they're calling him going, Pastor, what do I do? And it reminds you of the Old Testament where they would go, the king would go to the prophet and say, prophet, I need help. And so I'm starting to see that. You know, I'll tell this one last thing, and I can't believe I actually preached for an hour already. <clears throat> Man. <laughs> it's actually, all this has started happening. Um, a lot of this, Mary Fran actually told me about this book. As we were talking about angels one night, because I started asking her questions about a dream that I had. And then funny enough, I went and looked up that, um, Joseph had a dream. You know, I thought the angel appeared to Joseph, showed up and, you know, all white and radiant, you know, looks like Superman. Joseph's like, oh my gosh. He's like, go take the kid here. And Joseph's like, all right, I'll do it. You know, uh, don't, don't kill me. <laughs> but it actually said that he showed up to him in a dream and warned him about Herod. You know, and I, I had a dream one time and I decided not to take that dream too lightly after I read that, the Lord showed me that in the Bible. And actually that scripture on Daniel where he says, I've come because of your words. I first found that after I had a dream one night. So I was, um, I guess I was confessing the word and, you know, doing the normal things that a word of lifer does. <laughs> Pray, confess the word. But one night something happened and I, me and I had a dream. We were at our old house, which Mary friend says, that house is either something that was familiar or it was an open portal or something was there. That's why, because I'm like, I've lived in many houses, but I've only dreamed about that house. So there's something about that house that's connected to the spirit realm. But my dad was out driving a red tractor and he was plowing up the field. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's, you know, my dad's always plowing up something. 
you know, he, he's, he's making, pla- you know, get, I guess, what gains in the, the spiritual realm for sure and, and, and souls. So obviously, um, but me and my mom were standing on the porch talking. And I remember before I read that scripture where he says he looked up and he saw the angel. I remember looking up in the dream and I said, oh, here they come. And there was five of them and they came down. They landed right in front of me. The other two of them were, I don't remember a lot about them, but they looked like regular humans. They had wings. They were white, but they weren't like crazy radiant white. But there was one who was in the middle and he was very tall. He was kind of, he was definitely the leader because he was big. And I, <laughs> I just, me and my mom were talking and I looked at him and I says, what are you doing here? And he goes, I've come because of your, your words. And I was like, okay. And I said, well, what are they doing here? He goes, you tell them what to do and they'll go. And then they ended up taking off and, and then that was the end of the dream. And then, so then I started talking to Mary Fran about it and that's when she gave me that book. And she was like, I mean, all that is scriptures in the Bible. And that's when I started looking it up. I found that scripture in Daniel where he says, I've come because of your word. Um, and so then I started realizing that there, there is a time and distance. Now angels travel at the speed of light. So, you know, the, um, the earth is the heaven, or the Lord's is the heavens, but the earth he gave the children to men. But he says that the, the high places are the atmosphere above the earth. Um, the heavenlies is what they call the atmosphere above the earth is where, where Satan's dominion is only, or Satan is only allowed to go because he was kicked out of heaven. So that's where the battle is. But you know, all that started really challenging me to go, there's something more, you know, to prayer, to praying in the Holy Ghost. Me, me and the kids were going over the 25 things about the Holy Ghost that I preached last time. Well, I've actually added a lot more. Since we started going over, I started seeing things you know, in there that I've never seen before. And so I just want to encourage you that prayer is very powerful. And the prayers that our church is doing, I believe God is beginning to show me why that, that it is this way. You know, why, is, why are we moving into governmental things? What is going on here? And, and obviously the Bible has very much to say um, about governments. Jesus is very interested about governments and who's assuming power and who's taking over um, certain things. So Daniel's very interesting. Go read it. It talks about there's going to be three kings, mainly two are going to fight. One's going to be the north and the south. I don't know. You know, my dad, he has his guesses. I have my guesses. It could be Russia. It could be too smaller. It could be too bigger. Um, Iran and Saudi Arabia are kind of like this. And so that's north and south, but it's kind of northeast. They want to kill each other. So it's talking about, but I guess they're, one of them is going to give their daughter in marriage and, and, um, and trying to gain an upper hand on, on I think, the southern king. But anyways, um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that that encouraged you to pray. I hope that prayer is not no longer a minuscule task of, oh, man, I got you know, to pray today. Praying is more than just, like on Daniel's case, just more. He prayed for his people. He prayed, and obviously he saw big changes. So, you know, don't think of prayer as just, you know, putting it in before God and you're getting your personal prayers answered, but actually prayer being such a more bigger task where you actually have the authority to loose um, in your region, your area, to loose seats of power. You know, and it talks about in the book, talking about, you know, calling seats of, of power down in, in Jesus' name and loosing angels to put righteous people in those seats of power. Because if you pull someone down, the, Satan has already taken those seats of power by default because no one has taken them. But 
if you pull that seat down, you need right, it says righteous seats in there. So we pray righteous seats of power. Um, another one I'm praying for is Travis Allen. He's going to be, he's running for governor of California. If, Cal, if he wins, he's a, he's a mini fireball. If he wins, California would turn back to a red state and Trump could possibly take the election again. But he's, I mean, he's a mini Trump. And so he's really pushing for, for California to go back to, you know, he's a Christian. He loves Jesus, talks about it. And um, I'm praying for him and his debates because that, that seat of power is very, because California is a huge, I mean, they're one at Florida, California, I forget. There's some of the states that are big upcoming on the elections, Ohio. So I would say start praying for those seats of power to be taken by righteous men. Because, you know, a region is, doesn't even really, you, you can have a region, but even I think a region is kind of whatever they describe it. Like if you're talking about a region like America, the North American region, I mean, that's our region. We live here, right? Um, Florida's our region. It's our state. Orlando's our region. So that's something else I'm kind of researching. Um, I think that, you know, our, our, our prayer can, can expand beyond just our state level because North American is like our, our region is our the United States is our land. And um, so anyways, we're going to pray. And I just, cont- I just encourage you guys to really um, take prayer and think about it on, on more of a level that's actually changing as a change agent in the earth that's, that's helping Jesus establish the kingdom and not just here to kind of kill time until Jesus comes back. He's actually working with us to establish this right now. It says the kingdom of God, he told the Pharisees, is actually already in your midst. So it's actually already working. I think we, you know, he's going to come down. There may be things, but I think it's going to start getting established now in some ways. So when he comes back, I mean, what if the kingdom starts moving? And by the time he comes back, a lot of it is already starting to be established. I mean, there's, it's not really that clear. So, I mean, it can be um, either way. I mean, people think he's just going to come back and then he's going to take all the nations and, and turn them. But I think he's starting to turn the nations right now is what it's seeming like. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that we recognize our authority as kings and priests unto you. Father, is that we are the officials that after King Jesus, your body, he is the head, we are the body, and we rule and reign with him. He's delegated the authority here on the earth to the church. And we thank you that, I pray that every eye would be open to see the spiritual, um, the spiritual, just the, the uh, um, what do you call it, the need for, have, for having this authority and, being, and using it every day. I pray that, Father God, we would wake up and think of our days as praying over um, different things as more than just saying a prayer to you, Heavenly Father. I, think that we, I pray that we would pray to, to change um, things in the earth. Father, the, the high seats, the high places, the heads of the cities are, if you control the, the capital, you control the city. And Father, I pray that the church would start to wake up in different areas and realize that they can take back their capitals and their cities and their, their high places in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.